Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! This is Monday. January 24th, and it's noon with news that you can use with your dear friends, Zach and Ray from YAA. Doug hitting the nail on the head here. Don't think Pops is ever speechless. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you saw um, saw the, the thumbnail image. It says we're speechless. And as I made that this really? morning, I thought to myself, we're never, we can talk, nah, we're never, never speechless. I'll, I'll make stuff up. I don't care. <laughs> All right. So here's the deal, Dad. It's a Monday, which means we have the latest chip shortage data, and that's yes. where we're going to spend yeah. most I, of our time. Before we get started, can Please. I say one thing? I want you to know, um, um, for those of you in the viewing audience, I went yesterday and I got a haircut. Now, many of you are probably saying, well, why? What, what, why? What do you need a haircut for? But but I want you to know, when I sat down in, in the lady's chair, I said, I, I just, I'd, I'd like, to, I'd like to start by by apologizing because I'm, I'm not giving you much to work with, and 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 I guess she thought to herself, well, by the time I'm done, there's going to be even less to work. <laughs> you with. look good, Dad. Well, according to Zach, I look good. I feel, I feel like I'm metamorphosizing into uh, uh, Mr. Clean. Uh, <laughs> at a certain point, I guess I'll just start shaving my head, and we'll, we'll polish that uh, that sucker up. We are, we are slowly but surely getting there, but no. It's- Anyway, it feels pretty good. All right, let's jump into the data, Dad. We yes. have the latest update from Auto Forecast Solutions, and you're yes. right. The uh, the chip shortage numbers are not looking that great. If you want to play along at home, here is the URL, joinyaa.com slash guides slash chip dash shortage. We're updating this every single week, as you can see here. This goes all the way back to March of last year, if you even want to get some updates from way back then. Let's look at where we were last week. And then we'll update for where we are this week. Okay. 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 So last week, we had a huge increase week over week in the total number of vehicles that were taken out of production. So the prior week, the first week of January that we had data, there were 47,000 vehicles taken out of production. Then that jumped up to 149,000. Interestingly, the projection only increased by 65,000. So the numbers down here, the total projected, it went from 767,000 to 832,000. Yes. So the actual went up by about 102,000 vehicles taken out of production, but the projection nation or globally, excuse me, went up 65,000. We were a little... I don't want to say perplexed, but just saying, huh, that's interesting. Well, you know, because the projection is a projection, and they're projecting that they'll be, um, they'll, they'll overcome some of these issues moving forward. Yeah, the only justification Until you could have, <laughs> yeah, the only justification you could have for why the actuals would go up more than the projections is because you expect, yes, over time, yes, the delta the, will change. Yeah, it's not quite the delta, but <laughs> all right. So let's look at what we got this week, Dad. Uh, it's not a delta. Here are the actuals. Yeah. Okay. So the act, and this week we got to spend some time here because this is fascinating. And this is this is auto forecast solutions, yeah. okay? Yeah. The total number in um uh in Europe yeah. went down. Yeah. So the actual number of vehicles taken out of production went down eleven thousand two hundred. Wow. Don't know how that can happen. The actual number of vehicles taken out of production in South America went up sixty eight hundred. Okay. Okay. The actual number of vehicles taken out of production in the United States or in North, North America, America yeah. went down nine hundred. Again, yeah. fundamentally don't understand how that could happen. That's okay. And we finally have data coming out of China. And the rest of Asia. Yes, okay. So yes. the total number of vehicles taken out of production went up thirty-eight thousand units. Yes. Over the week. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. with some subtractions. Yes. Big questions. We should get someone from Auto Forecast Solutions on the show eventually. That would be probably yeah. probably good. 
Now, here's the projections. Yeah. Okay. The total projected lost out of Europe went down 110,000 units to 220,000 from 331. Wow. That's that's huge. Yeah. South America. Yeah. The total projection went up 167,000. Well, you know, I, 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 let me say this right now. I am so glad I am not living in Brazil, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> North and America. It has nothing to do with. With automobile production, by the way. <laughs> North America went up by 106,000 units. China yeah. went up. The rest of Asia went down significantly. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. The total numbers, the absolute numbers went up 71,000. Yeah. I don't understand what's going on here. But the, the long story short is they're revising their numbers up, just like we've seen them do for the past year. And to your point in prior videos, there's no silver bullet here. The the headline on automotive news this morning was yeah. ship shortage ready for year two or something along those lines. Yeah, the industry's ready for this. Well, it, the industry's it, ready to accept this. Yeah, I should say, and, and they're ready in the sense that they understand it's happening and it's going to continue to happen, and that they're going to have to lower their projections for the number of cars they hope to build because they know there's not going to be enough chips to do it all. Yep. And so it's fascinating to see. I mean, the data is just corroborating kind of what you've been talking about forever now. Um, I've had a little bit of like a glimmer of hope when the first auto forecast solutions. So essentially, we're up 200,000 units on the projection. Yes. Just this month. I had this glimmer of hope. I was like, wait, things might be okay. And if things are okay, then prices come down. No, that's definitely not what's happening. No, no. And, and but but there's good news on the horizon. What's the good news? Uh, Intel, Intel Corporation yeah. wants to invest $20 billion to create a fab facility in, in Ohio. The only dilemma with that is that, well, they won't be able to start production at said facility until sometime in 2025. So by the year 2025, ladies and gentlemen, this chip shortage could very well be over. It is really interesting to think, like, we've talked a little bit about what the ripple effects from this experience will be. I really don't even see when prices will ever come back down. Like, we'll get new Black Book data tomorrow for the used car market. Mm -hmm. But I really, I mean... We, t we talked about in the Boston Consulting Group uh, scenarios. Like, what was the scenario where supply never gets fixed? <laughs> and demand, is demand starting to dwindle a little bit? Because we are seeing, we are seeing in the in the numbers from Cox and from others that the day's supply of inventory is starting to go back up. The only justification for that would be weakened Be demand. Yeah, people are, are, are starting to say no. So what happens and, and, in that and, scenario? And those that would say yes realize that even if they said yes, they couldn't get approved for the car loan or they couldn't afford the payment. So they're taking themselves out of the market as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, some people are pulling back. And and we see it in the comments on a lot of the videos yeah. where, where people are saying, you know, I'm just I'm going to keep I'll, I'll keep repairing my vehicle. I hope it lasts another year or two years, uh, you know, for the insanity to stop. Um but yeah, the, the thing that is going to force prices down is when customers take themselves out of the market. I mean, we're seeing more. Actually, I was uh, some of the guys on the team behind the scenes. We were talking about, I think it was Chrysler deals. People are getting like under invoice deals on Chryslers. I mean, it, like we're, 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 we're already kind of back. And Igor has posted in the community forum about like, stop asking for just MSRP. Ask for yeah. 500 under MSRP. I think we're starting to see some weakening, honestly. Well, yeah, for certain brands. You know, but but then again, Chrysler's never been the most popular brand. And then look at with. the news story from Ford today. Like, for example, they're they're cutting off reservations for the Maverick because yes. they've had too much demand. Yes. They can't keep up with it. Anyway, on the chip shortage front, the news this week doesn't look too particularly pretty. 
we wish we had something else to say, but that's the reality right now. We do have something else to say. <laughs> All right, let's switch. Stopbuyingcars.com. Yeah, stopbuyingcars.com. So I'll flash two things on the screen. Let's switch gears, Dad. First one, though, I will show. I mean, this is the headline on automotive news yes. this morning was the chip shortage is back for year two. The industry is not out of the yeah. chip shortage woods yet. It yeah, won't find relief for months. Apparently, the chip shortage was renewed on Netflix <laughs> for another season. It really was. <laughs> what is going on in this graphic, man? Um, man, I'll, I'll be a son of a gun. That, that is a lot. We, that, that is a lot. And and uh, we we might want to get this graphic designer to work for us. I, mean, I don't know God. about that, man. Yeah. yeah, they go on to talk in this article just about how, like, in general, no one no one really has a solution. When a lot of people are saying later this year, we've said all along that this spring is not going to be a good time to be in the market. No. All right, let's switch gears. Okay. Nissan dealers are embracing its buy-at-home tool. Nearly yes. two-thirds of the of Nissan's 1,076 U.S. dealers have signed on to the brand's Nissan at-home digital shopping platform that launched last year. What were your takeaways as you read through this article, Pops? Well, um, 700 of their dealers have signed up for it. Mm -hmm. um, the early adopters to it were really pleased with, with what was happening. Um and the early adopters usually are because they understand what the future portends. Um, and, and so they wanted to jump on the platform earlier. This is, this is really to a certain degree, what the public is looking for, the ability to shop entirely online. Okay. And, and Nissan's figuring out a way for them to do that. They can search inventories, they can shop online, they can, they can complete the entire transaction online and have the car delivered to them at home if they so desire. Um, and that's a trend ultimately that I, that I think will continue to grow. Um, more and more people will embrace that as more and more dealerships do. And the fact that uh, that that um, fascinating comment from Igor. Majority of uh, Nissan dealers are struggling with this system. Well, I and I believe that because it's a reorientation. It's new. Yeah, yeah, reorientation of the whole business. <laughs> and I've had some conversations with with um, dealer principals, people who have either recently sold their dealerships or are still in the business, and that's what they've told me as well. Is like they see the writing on the wall. Things are changing. How you actually navigate that change and like. You know, restructure your workforce like that's what there's a lot of how, concern how you change the culture how you how you uh, re-educate the people that work for you to get them to buy into the shift in culture as to how you you're, you're going to do business um that's the hard part but but the visionaries figure it out and the rest some will fall by the wayside, and others will just continue to do what they do. Interesting comment from Space here. Nissan at home is nothing compared to the in-house platform that Lexus and Toyota are using. Yeah, I mean, these platforms or these concepts of like buying and then getting it delivered at home exist. Oh, yes. Getting your dealership staff and personnel to buy into them and then like orient themselves around that, that's going to be really, really challenging. I, you know, um, I, I remember a time when uh, you and I were in Las Vegas. Huh. Um, and, and it wasn't our most recent trips, but we, we were in Las Vegas and we were playing blackjack at the MGM and we're sitting next to a guy that was actually a finance director in Southern California. I remember that. Yeah. And, and he was talking about, I think it was the Reynolds and Reynolds, uh, F and I desk, um, tool. The thing that's like a whole table, but yes, it's like yeah. visual. Yeah. And, 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 and people get to go through the stuff on their own. Mm -hmm. And then decide what it is they want. And if I remember at that time, and this was like three years ago, mm 
where he said, you know, their average per vehicle F&I profit was up about $500 since they switched to that. Um, so I know that there's dealers that are concerned that if they allow people to complete the transaction online, that they'll lose money on F&I. But if, it's, if, if the F&I is set up like it is in that way, um, ultimately, um, when there is less pressure or no pressure, people will pressure themselves. And I think maybe I need that. And you will actually end up seeing um, people buying more products mm -hmm. and, and rolling more stuff into their loan because they're doing it voluntarily. What percentage of uh, uh, customers that use Nissan at home never went to the dealership and actually bought the car entirely online? What percent do you think? Uh, five. 5%. Yeah, I read the article. 5%. So it is interesting. I mean, yeah. there are like... What what is the saying? I've been trying to use it all day. There's the seeds of change. There's the the winds of. There's the. Yeah, there's change. There's change in the air. Buddy. There is. There totally <laughs> is. But it's like very nascent. It's very beginning stages. I think that's the point to kind of reiterate, reorient, yes. reorient around is like the fact that this is the we're in the first inning of a nine oh, inning game. Oh my god! Why why did you have to use a baseball? Good football now, over the weekend. It was great football over the weekend, which 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 indicates why nobody watches baseball, <laughs> whether it be nine no, innings not, or five, seven innings or five innings. What a hit on uh, and You know the best thing about baseball? What's the best thing about baseball? Rain out? <laughs> Sit on MPEG's comment here, Dad. I've been tracking the online offers for several different cars for about five months. Those yeah. offers basically collapsed over the last two weeks, down about three to $5,000. Not going to lie, not surprised to see this because of a few things going on in the market. We put on uh, the Join YA website, we actually have now a full overview. If you come back to the website, let me zoom out here, resources, blog. You see, whose face is that? Carvana lawsuit. Can you trust Carvana? This is a full write-up of what's going on right now with the lawsuit over at Carvana. And then you start to research, like, sure, they have the lawsuit, but they have all sorts of other issues going on. Let's take just a quick peek on a... Uh, Stock's up barely today, but go to the past six months, we're down 60%. Okay, in the past six months. Mm. Um, and the same thing, same story for Vroom. So you want to know why you're seeing your offers decline? It's not because uh, wholesale used car prices have, have fallen off a cliff. Far from it. Vroom's down 81, call it 82%. I would call it 82%. The prices that you're being offered from those traditional players are not going down because used car values have gone down. They're going down because those businesses are needing to reassess their financials. That's what's happening. And they're having to deal with these other issues. Bet you the offers over at CarMax look a heck of a lot prettier today than they did a few weeks ago. Or or they, they probably, if, if there's been movement, it's probably not quite as drastic as it is. At over Vroom. at CarMax, yeah. Yeah, as it might be at Vroom or, or Carvana. All right, let's take a peek here. There are a couple other comments, and I want to uh, switch gears to one other story today as well. Jay Croc says, are you able to negotiate price using an at-home option unless the dealerships are willing to are all agreeing on a price? Not sure how this will work. No, I'm fairly certain this is getting rid of the negotiation. You're just accepting that the price is the I, price. I, I would, uh, my, my hope would be in, in time um, that the average transaction price will just become the asking price. And, and and we could all be done with it. I mean, yeah, obviously that's what we're hoping for as well. Yes. These at-home programs are are like the start of that. Yes, I think so. Bedford, I want to be able to buy directly from the manufacturer and skip dealers. Now might be the time to get rid of them and their corruption and start direct to sales, direct sales to consumer from factory. We had a bit of a conversation my dad and I did before we went online about that. 
the, the GM memo last week, the Ford memo last week, again, the seeds of change, the, the wind of change. Like, it feels like if there was ever a time to move away from the dealership model, like now is that time. But you're adamant that that's a lot of press, a lot of like trying to build goodwill with consumers. I, I just, you don't I, see it going away. The, the, these manufacturers are, are, are really happy being manufacturers. Yep. They're, they're not, they don't necessarily want to be in the retail automotive business they like being in the wholesale automotive business they like having dealerships set up to handle the customer complaints yeah. and 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 all the yeah, issues and the service that comes along with it that's not to say that there aren't factory representatives on both the sales sides and the parts and service sides there are and and the factories do get involved involved in some customer issues occasionally uh but that's not the aspect of the business that ford wants to be in or gm wants to be in or stellantis wants to be in they like being in the manufacturing business and and i would and i and i would like to say and the reason they like it is because they're good at it but in most cases they're not even good at it <laughs> they're just they're just better at it than most startups they've, yeah they've built a really sustainable business around it yes um, Igor here saying Nissan dealers that are in larger cities are doing great with the Nissan at home program in small town USA. That's where it's tough for those of your smaller mom and pop dealership yeah, changes. I, I, could, I could see that. And, and, and I, and, and, and I would just say not having done any research whatsoever, but at the smaller mom and pop type dealerships, I, I bet you, you know, that, that since they, they pretty much know who all their customers are because they're in smaller markets, um, that they probably treat them better than how, how customers are treated in the large urban centers. Oh, 100%. It's a totally different experience, yes. I'm sure. Um, Jeff giving us a quick shout out. Thank you, Jeff, saying your website is possibly the best auto-related site ever. I think we've got, we're, it's two years in. We've built a bit of a foundation. We're still working to make it way, way stronger. But thanks for the kind words, Jeff. And then we've got Jake the Snake hitting on the story that I want to uh, switch gears to next. We'll come back to the buy at home programs in just a second here. Jake the Snake, Ford just stopped taking orders on Mavericks. Yes, this yeah. is coming out of Automotive News in the Wall Street Journal. Ford just announced no more reservations on any of their Mavericks. It's a pretty big story because they announced earlier this year that they were going to stop taking reservations on the hybrid model. Yes. Now it's for all. Yes. This is a sign that, A, there's demand there for an econo economy class truck. Yes. Which no one's really kind of owning that space right now. Uh, and it's also a sign that the chip shortage and the manufacturing challenges are not going away anytime soon. You can't be too terribly surprised by this. Um, I, I'm not surprised by it. And and literally, the reservation system is what you, you, you put down 100 bucks and you get to reserve a spot and then and then you get to convert that into an order at some point. Um, so it's it, I'm not surprised, you know, that, that there are are as many reservations as there are because they've made it. Um, difficult for anybody that might have interest not to want to give a reservation for a hundred bucks. Yeah, you know, you, you you can blow that you can blow that or more on dinner for two. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I for a hundred bucks, if I was interested in a Ford Maverick, yeah, I, I would create a reservation. Yeah, that doesn't mean it. It, I don't know what the percentage of of reservations, reservations to orders. And Jim Farley is. has said, I think I read in one of the interviews, like they expect eighty percent of reservation orders to actually convert to customers. Which would be incredible. Yeah. Honestly, which would be so, truly incredible. Um, but they but they realize at a certain point that they just can't keep take 
taking reservations if they don't have the ability to manufacture the number of cars. That, and the Wall Street Journal, the Wall Street in. Journal article said that, and, and it quotes the memo that was sent to Ford dealers. Lots of memos going out right about that. You know, the, the, there's there's some things that manufacturers are really good at sending memos. Uh, memos probably above and beyond even building the cars. And Jay Nagany, we see your chat message about uh, Chevy sending a. It's not, it wasn't a letter. It was yeah. a memo to their dealers telling them to stop with the markups. We'll pull that up here in just a second. But the other point I was going to make with the Maverick is that what we're likely going to see there is just like what we have seen Ford trying to protect against with the F-150 Lightning. The prices on the used car market for those are going to be ridiculous. Yes. Those things are going to be very expensive as used cars, well marked up over MSRP. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and those Mavericks that come in that are not spoken for, um, the dealers are going to, you know, We're the additional dealer markup is going to be huge, and and neither Ford nor General Motors has can can force their dealer body not to do market adjustments for the simple reason that the MSRP, the manufacturer's suggested retail price, is just that. It's a suggestion. Let's hit on Jay Nagami though. We have this article back on the Join YA website, resources, blog. Is this the beginning of the end for car dealerships? Dun, dun, dun. It is not. But we have here, if you scroll down yeah, a little but, bit. But it's good clickbaity stuff. And you know what? I honestly believe, I, I believe that this, I'll be very interested to see five years from now where we are. Um, this is the memo. Oh, I hope that, to God I'm still not sitting here in Bethesda. <laughs> <laughs> this is the memo that GM dealers received. And it's essentially... This came out about a week after the Ford memo that, that you may have heard us talk about. I, I do like one thing. They actually put an example here of, in this case, a Corvette with a $25,000 market adjustment. Mm -hmm. This was sent by Steve Carlisle, the president of GM North America. And essentially, it's saying the same things that the Ford memo said. First, I want to remind you that GM dealers are obligated to ethically and lawfully sell GM products as stated in Article 5 of the Dealer Sales and Service Agreement. Yes, and I will, and I will say, as I always say, define ethically. And lawfully, okay, define it because there's no definition as to what is ethical. In one there. thing, one thing that was interesting in this um, from GM is they explicitly talk about brokers. Yeah, um, so well, they call out their dealerships that are that are working with brokers and reminding them that's actually against uh, their franchise dealership agreements but, but as well. De but dealers that sell to brokers are stupid because they're selling to their competitors. They're broke. The brokers are competing with the dealers. You, so so why, as a dealership, why would you sell to a broker as opposed to selling to the retail customer? GM. Let me let me just get through this really quickly. Pops. GM is also threatening the same thing that Ford threatened, which was the lack of allocation. So it says mm. GM will be. Be forced to take action if it learns of any unethical sales practices let's just pause there for a moment as a group yeah yeah okay or brokering activities that undermine the integrity that customers expect from chevrolet they don't GM. expect integrity if you want to read this um it, again it's right back here on the uh uh yeah, here, I'll put it in the chat as well. Mm -hmm. And then again, the Ford one is right below it. And this was what was sent to Ford dealerships back on January 7th. So are we seeing the beginning of then and that pushback a little bit? But is it a lot of lip service? That's likely, you know, that's that's your take on it. So Jay Nagami, yes. Have, have Chevy dealers been told not to mark vehicles my, up? My sort of? take on it is it's pure PR for customers, for the consumers to, to make it seem like GM and Ford are con, uh, consumer champions. Um, and the other reason for it is um, this is this is 
the manufacturer's way of trying to placate the dealers that really do play by the rules or the dealers that 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 are trying to set a better example as to how ethically you can sell cars. Um, because the dealers that do it right are the ones that complain the most about the dealers who do it wrong. And 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 there's there never really seems to be punishment for the dealers that do it wrong. Perfect example. Mm -hmm. If if I may take a moment to to give you the perfect example. When I used to manage um, Acura North Scottsdale, well, at that time it was Scottsdale Acura because we were at 68th and McDowell in Scottsdale, Arizona. Sure. And there were two Acura dealers in the Phoenix market at that time. And we used to do dealer trades with each other. Sure. You know, I'd have a customer wanted a car that happened to be on their lot. They had a customer that wanted a car that happened. And we would we would trade. Yeah. So um there were any number of times where I got a car from the other dealer. And when I went to report the car as sold to Acura, I could not because the other dealer had reported it sold several months earlier. How the heck can you do that? Oh well, you know, they reported it sold. That's all. Uh, you know, it wasn't sold. They just reported it. So it reminded me of that BMW fine that they got levied like two yeah, years yeah, ago for, for saying cars that were retailed that weren't. Yeah. Um, and, and so when I called my factory rep and said, this is like the sixth one, what are we going to do about this? He goes, well, really nothing we can do. Okay. So I was the good dealer <laughs> saying, what are you going to do to punish the bad dealer? That's fraud. Well, ultimately, what happens is um, there's audit teams that come in to audit the programs because there might have been money that that the dealership could have gotten for having Incentives, reported. Things yes. like that, yeah. So it turned out that they pull a hundred deals and then they check the deals and they and they then extrapolate out the number of bad deals they find and they go, okay, this is probably how many there was in all the deals and. The other dealer had to write a check for like $300,000 to Acura. Um, and when they did our audit and they did 100 deals and they couldn't find any deals that were wrong because, well, we wouldn't report them sold unless they actually were sold. Um, Look at this from Igor. RDRing, retail delivery yeah. reporting, cars to collect dealer cash and kickbacks before the car even had a customer for it. Yes. No, I hear you. But this is – so this is but, why – But that my point is yeah. that that – there are good dealers out there screaming to Ford and GM that there's dealers that are doing things in an unethical manner. What are you going to do about it? And what they're going to do about it is Write send a memo. out a memo. Okay. That's what they're going to do about it. So this is to placate the, the good yeah. dealers and to placate the customers to seem like a customer champion when you're not. No, no, I hear you. All right, let's hit through a couple more comments here. Pops Neil says, if negotiation goes away, so does the need for the dealer. The issue with that is the franchise dealer laws that were lobbied for so hard yes. over the past 100 years. We are starting to see some of them broken down. We should probably update our website and put the – I think there's 14 states currently – um, and on that on that article that I was just talking about before the is this the end of the car dealerships with the memos, we referenced the state of Connecticut, for example. Let me read it really quick what the state of Connecticut has passed. I think this is this is a perfect example. In Connecticut, yes. there's language that says they would allow a manufacturer to receive a dealer's license if it does not have a franchise agreement with a new car dealer in the state, if it builds only electric vehicles and only sells the vehicles it builds, and if it does not have a controlling ownership link to a manufacturer licensed as a dealer in the state. 
carve-out language. Hey, Tesla, you want to come sell cars in Connecticut? Here yeah, you go. Rivian, you want to sell cars in Connecticut? So all you, all you got to do if you're Ford or if you're GM is, you know what? Set up another company that you own and start selling yeah. cars in Connecticut yeah. directly. So it's like the seeds have changed. The seeds have changed. Yeah, or the winds have changed. The winds have changed. Yeah. Um, Bedford here. Glad you guys cover these topics. We are too. I have a truck I need to sell, and I will need a replacement for what I do uh, and what I have planned, um, and it's a bad time to buy. It's definitely a bad time to buy, but you should be able to net out okay still with high used car prices. Right now, yeah. we're definitely in a bit of a funk. I mean, that's clear. Like yes. Stock prices are way down. The values that you're getting offered from the buy now folks are way down. The black book numbers are pretty steady. Mm-hmm. The volatility hasn't been there. And so used car prices uh, you know, are going to continue I, I, I to I had lunch high. with a dear friend of mine on uh, on Saturday, and and uh, they had a, uh, a used uh, Escalade. Yeah. That they ran to the sale not too long ago, and they were they were shocked. It brought $20,000 over the vehicle's original MSRP at the auction. Um, you know, a customer wouldn't have paid twenty thousand dollars over. But at the auction, it would. So, as a used vehicle, a dealer was willing to pay twenty thousand dollars over original MSRP. It's crazy. Yeah, it really is. Jordan saying here in the chat, yeah, the dealership model is not efficient, and that's I think the case that I keep trying to make. Like yes. that's that's what I think that these in these board meetings, that's what they're starting to say. They're starting to say, hey, this model worked since eighteen ninety seven to now. And now it's not working as profitably or as efficiently as it could and should. Well, and it's so, working more profitably than it ever has for, for the, the dealers. dealers. Yes. Yeah. But not. I mean, it's the long game versus the short game. They see the they see the animosity that can be built up of people getting oh, price gouged. Stop, stop! 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 Come on. The I animosity. See the animosity. The animosity that customers have felt towards dealers probably go back to 1898 or 1890. I mean, it hasn't changed. I mean, you know, when I first got in the car business and there weren't Monroney labels yet for trucks. Those are window stickers. The window stickers didn't exist for trucks. And so the price of the truck was based on the enthusiasm of the potential buyer. Um, You know, there's always been animosity. It's, It's never not existed. It wasn't until what the late '80s, early '90s that the manufacturer said we should probably find out how happy the customers are in doing business with our dealers, and then maybe we should try and do something about it. So, the animosity. One of these been... days, we got to get stories of you selling trucks without window stickers. You got to just explain what that experience was like. Not today, not today, but just in general, we got to get some stories because you also sold cars way before Carfax existed. Yeah. Oh, man, you probably got it. Okay, anyway, we'll save those for tomorrow. Okay. Space with a great point, I think a point that we'll end yeah. today with. Dealerships were created and worked more efficiently with high volume, not today. I think that's really well said. Yeah. And and to be clear, you need dealerships because who the heck's going to do all the service? Who's going to do the parts and the repairs? None of us want, I'll speak for us, I don't want dealerships not in our community. We're here in Bethesda. Walk down the street. There's mm. there's a Volvo dealership, a Honda dealership, a Mercedes Jeep dealership, dealership, a Jeep dealership. Yeah. If I, if I own any of those cars, I want to go there to service my car. Yes. Right? And like buy the tires or the part. Whatever. Yeah. But do you need like the mausoleum? Probably not. No. Well, and, and the good news is when you're in an area like this, you can't really have a mausoleum. <laughs> the accurate dealership area, but that's just hilarious. Yeah. It's like I, in a, in a like, I don't know. It's like, in a retail setting. It's, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's on very a main strange. street in a retail setting. You yeah. Know? It's, it's a very tall building. It really, really is. <laughs> All right. 
Let's call it a wrap for today. Oh, here we go. Yep. Alex saying, did you hear about Car Bravo? Check out the YA channel. We talked about Car Bravo. Yes. Very interested. Yes. Very in oh, Frank is here with us. Hey, guys. It's Frank from East Hills Jeep. It's yeah. been a while. I do believe there will always be dealerships, but the dealerships that are doing it the wrong way will be non-existent. Nice to see you guys. Thanks for being here, Frank. Frank yeah. is. Yes, yes. No, I know. He's Frank helped is... many people in our community yes. get the Jeep. So thank you for yes. that, Frank. Let's wrap for today, Pops. Okay. We. I just want to let everyone we filmed two car reviews last week. So yes. stay tuned on the YAA channel. I, I can't either, wait to see them. I think we're either dropping one the end of this week or next week. We've got three more reviews queued up this week. Let us know what you want to see us drive also. Yes. Give us feedback once you see the first few reviews. We need to hear your feedback. We're excited about that. Yes. And uh, go run some searches back on Join YA as well. We, the car search, the team's making updates to it pretty much every day, which I'm, I'm really excited I'm gonna, about. I'm going to do a hair search. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Let's go eat some lunch. <laughs> Good seeing everybody today. Look forward to seeing you all again tomorrow. See you, pups. Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.